Welcome to Radical Change Radio. Today we're continuing our series of podcasts on tribing. And this is our second podcast on modeling. Uh, last time, to remind you, we spoke about modeling skills. Today we're going further into this topic and we're going to explore modeling other people, modeling a person. Now, this is a fascinating area. Uh, it's a little more advanced than modeling skills. It's something we all have done in our lives unconsciously, and yet when used consciously, it's extremely powerful and life-changing. Uh, all three of us had some experiences with, uh, with modeling uh, other people in different ways and shapes, and we're going to share this with you today. Uh, again, please keep in mind that uh, half an hour podcast is not enough to teach you the skills and, and, and the uh, techniques of it, but it certainly is enough to get your juices going. So, uh, do you guys want to explain what it means to model uh, a person? It means sort of a continuum. Yeah, you see the skills and you're modeling somebody's skills, and at a certain point you realize that it's more than one or two skills of this person that you want. Um, you're, you're, you're kind of drawn to them, you're attracted to them. Uh, you, you're pulled in that direction. And then you start telling yourself, hey, I wish I could be like them, be, want to be like them. So uh, to me, that's what modeling a person is. It's much more than a particular skill set or a, a way uh, a particular set of excellence happens in a particular context and move into being like them. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what about yeah. So uh, just to write on that, I, I guess it's uh, as opposed to the skills, which is okay. I I want to do something specific as the other person does or other people do. Uh, I want to become well an extreme situation, an extreme case, completely extreme. I, I want to be like a clone of that person. I want to be, you know, just like him or her. I want to be, you know, uh, Mr. Like Smith. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, and uh, we, we, you know, all of us have done different degrees of, uh, uh, not necessarily that extreme, but uh, different degrees in, in between, like how close you get to that extreme. So, uh, uh I don't know what else to add to that. It's it's like to me the extreme basically describes the essence of it, and then the various degrees we'll we'll talk about it of doing it and various methods of doing it rather. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it happens to me when I see someone who uh, who is just so extraordinary in their way of being that um, that I want to kind of partake of that life experience um, and and. and uh, that gets me to try to model them uh, more or less. I, I bet the similar experiences happen to everyone. Mm -hmm. yeah. What experiences do you want to talk about? Now, I know, Mayur, you want to talk about modeling an evil genius. <laughs> 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 uh, 
leaving the names behind. Oh. <laughs> We're going to yeah, hide the name from you. Who is the model genius? Who is the evil genius? Uh, but he's evil. <laughs> <laughs> and genius. <laughs> no. You want to jump in? Yeah, I, I think uh, I wouldn't call him an evil genius. He had an evil sense of humor um, and was a genius. And I think if you didn't have both those pieces in and the ferociousness, that audacity to jump right in and look at the world as that's a piece of cake. He wouldn't have been able to change that entire field. So uh, one way of doing this is uh, a process called DTI or deep trance identification. I guess that's what Arman is hitting, hinting at for me to speak about this process whereby you find yourself to slowly relax deeply. And as you continue to listen to my voice, find yourself facing that model. And relax. To the point where silence begins to take in. And you can find yourself stepping in, sliding in to that person and partaking the world away from them. What happens here is this is a deep trance phenomenon where using various hypnotic protocols, you find yourself relaxing more and more to the sound of my voice. And the sound or the voice of the person guiding you, like me right now. <laughs> We're laughing here because uh, these are skills that I haven't used in a while. and It's something that used to come naturally. Mm-hmm. You find yourself in that extreme deep, 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 deep trance. And yet, it's a safe place from where you can step in to the target of the person you're getting into and partake the world from there. It's a manner of shifting or pushing or throwing your consciousness from where it is to the other extreme. What happens here, I can speak from personal experiences, is going to start changing you from the inside out. Uh, when I did this, I suddenly started to put on quite a bit of weight. My voice changed. In fact, I'm pretty sure that my voice sounds different right now yes. than when it normally sounds. <clears throat> and what begins to happen is your worldview starts to change quite a bit. So that is the process of deep trance identification. And what I would suggest is that be careful with this. It sounds very sexy, very cool, very interesting to do. And it's fun, and your skills will skyrocket. They will skyrocket, but it presumes that you have a domain of expertise in that area. You know, you can't just uh, decide you want to, uh, I don't know, uh, fly the space shuttle and then DTI an astronaut and then get into a space shuttle and fly it. It's not going to happen, right? You need to know enough about rockets and what's happening there before you start doing something like this. 
but it will change your physiology. It will change the way you move. It will change the way you talk. It's going to change your relationships. I mean, that that essentially is the process of DTI. I kind of was playful, but I went through that process as I was talking to you. And uh, I don't know. You guys want to ask some questions or say something? You guys are looking at me. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, just by listening to what you're saying, it, it doesn't actually come through as, you know, how do you, like, what are you picking out? What are you picking up through this process? Okay, you put us in a trance, and then what? And uh, what, I'd, what I'd like to ask a little more specifically is how does it relate to the person that you are modeling? So what is it that you're doing to extract that other person into yourself? So for the first thing, this is a deeply ethical issue. So first, let me get that out of the way, right? Uh-huh. Uh, get the person's permission before you do this. It's just something that I've learned that uh, in not honoring that, you're going to invade that person's privacy and quite frankly, you'll pay the price for it. Now, once you get into that world, uh, before you start DTIing, make sure what, what is it, what part, part parts of experience you want to partake and start tracking that. Um, this particular genius that I <laughs> model, uh, there were a couple of things that I wanted from her, uh, that I wanted to pick out. One was his tenacity. Right. Second was his uh, uh, language skills. That no matter what you threw his way, the guy was just was like magic. He would the way he would play with it. And third was this sense of um, this ferocious attitude, you know, this ferocity that when you sat down in front of him, and it was just a piece of cake he was going to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's 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 what it was and to me that was very appealing at one stage in my life and that's what i that's what i went to learn mm-hmm. and i think you guys saw me in that stage and you saw how it impacted me so it it just works and if you really want to study this uh just this listening to this won't help and you have to experiment but experiment with the right people and if you want a taster of it look into the work of uh, Stephen Gilligan uh, he's done a fantastic job uh, uh, in doing DTI with uh, Milton Erickson <laughs> who's the guy who first coined the term DTI and uh, he's done some fantastic uh, hypnotic protocols with it. Uh, outside of these two I would not recommend from my personal experience, I would not recommend anyone else. And uh, again, be very, very, very careful who you pick to do this with and in whose company you're doing it and for how long you're going to do this. I stayed in that trance over extended periods of time. And um, I'll just say this, in that process, I lost me. <laughs> and I had to go through a whole process to essentially come back more and more into myself. And create that separation. So creating that separation and that context is critical. So can can I jump in? Of course. Mm -hmm. Why why did you why did you do this and what did you get out of it? What is the advantage of DTI uh, versus just doing skill based modeling? I wanted to know how he thinks, right? Uh, Usually with this particular genius his language would be at so many different levels. It's uh, you could spend a lifetime just tracking his language, right? He's just he's just exquisite. And uh, what I wanted to know was the structure behind what comes out in the front, right? 
the language and the pieces where the effects, I wanted to go to the cause. I said, hey, if I figure out how the machine works, if you will, I don't have to keep modeling the effects of it. I can create that own machine. Mm -hmm. How successful were you? You tell me. You've seen me do things. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, I think I got pretty good at it. It was scary because it started changing me from the inside, literally. Uh, I picked up skills like nobody's business. uh, One of the other things that I learned from him was uh, healthy disregard for authority. (laughs) (laughs) Like almost... uh, not a hell. I mean, he just disliked authority, and that that became an issue, uh, and it transcended my life. In fact, got me fired from one of my jobs. Right. <laughs> so yes, it, it was I successful in becoming like that? Yes, uh, but was I successful? That's a different question. Mm-hmm. Well, still, there's a what what you're still avoiding answering. Okay. It seems to me okay. is the actual process because there is a process to it, right? So at least at least give some examples. You then, are not the first person to ask me this, you know, right? Right, and uh-huh. I have I have uh, I have kind of uh, purposely avoided this, and I still refuse to teach this. I sure. say that many a times. Uh-huh. However, if you paid attention to what I had said earlier, you should be able to track it. And two, if you want to learn it, I, I pointed you in the direction. Go to Stephen Gilligan. But okay. here, here is the, here is the short and long of it. It's a deep trans phenomena. You have to go into a space where, which is beyond any kind of relaxation. Your brain waves have to just come down to low, low alpha or even theta, if you will. Create a safe space where you can be safe, so that you don't lose the you. That's very important. That's that's, that's what I learned by I learned it by a series of mistakes rather than someone teaching it to me. Mm-hmm. And from there, uh, it's almost an alchemical process, if you will, where you and the person you're modeling or the person you're DTIing start to become one. You begin to step in to that world. You begin to step, lit- you literally, okay, I can't be any more literal than this. Mm-hmm. You step into that. And it's a way of throwing your consciousness. It's a way of shifting your consciousness from where you are into that being. And that's all I'm going to say about this. And there's a mm-hmm. reason, there's a reason I'm not trying to be mystical, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to hide this, but I just don't feel right about it. If mm-hmm. you want to learn, I've pointed you in directions. You mm-hmm. should go there. And I would still say, be very careful, and I wouldn't advise you to do it. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a very strong sense of self, which I did not when I did these processes. Right. Right. And, uh, um, uh, well, listening to you right now, right, since we kind of have the, at least the three of us know the structure where we go in with mm-hmm. those podcasts, right, uh, I'm thinking maybe we'll wrap it up also or mention that, that, that process after we talk about modeling self and in the yes. conclusion, right, yes. so, so that yes. it, will, it will actually make sense yes. at that point. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anything else okay. that you guys want to ask about this process? But I'm just curious, what effects did you see on me? Because... You guys have known me for a while, right? So the audience understands that this is not a a simple step in, step out kind of experience, right? Mm-hmm. It fundamentally causes shifts in the person's values and the way of being, the way of talking, everything. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to say something so that the 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 audience, you know, the listeners can appreciate it a little mm-hmm. more? 
Yes, your personality changes when you do this. Um, it, it's a different human being. Um, I mean, not. I mean, it's, uh, there is still a core of you, but but with a different personality. Yeah, uh, in different skills uh, and different mannerisms, different language, in different voice, different body movement. Um, yeah, your, your voice is very different from the previous podcast for sure. That I'm sure listeners can pick that up. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, a, a lot, of, a lot of things change. Right. So, but what, what did you experience when I was in that phase of my life many, many years ago? Right. Oh, then back, back then. So, uh, well, yeah, it was very, very strong. Uh huh. Uh, I think it was a tail end of it, though. Right. Already. Yeah. But still. Um, Oh, the, the, well, my when I first met you, I remember I, I wrote some email back, you know, saying that you know I almost felt like I know you not, but I almost felt felt like you were some kind of cult leader of some sort, right? <laughs> trying to uh, trying to get me in, uh, and that that's how I perceived that, that that conversation. So it was like so strong coming on and like throwing whatever at me, you know, mm-hmm. without any kind of whatever, you know, take a dude, you know. Or shut the fuck up, kind of a thing. So, uh, you know, that's that's how it looked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an interesting phase of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad it's behind me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now you're coming back. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, uh-huh. Mikey Paul takes his time to come back to his real self. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sergey, do you want to talk about your experiences with modeling people? Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I haven't done this kind of a deep. So I would, I would say Mahi Paul's ex- ex- example is uh, pretty close to the most extreme case of uh, DTI, right? So uh, uh, what, I, what I'm what i going to talk about then is somewhere in the, in the middle, probably. Like from, if, if you scale it from like zero, no, no uh modeling to this extreme, I'll be probably somewhere right in between. So um, uh, I've done it in uh, many different areas, but uh, I'll pick just uh, one domain for my, uh, so that I can talk more specifically. That would be a domain of uh, martial arts at the time when I was doing them. Uh, and um, uh, when I was learning martial arts initially in, the, in my first school, uh, it so happened that the instructor was uh, also an engineer by education, so he would actually teach at the level that I could understand it. At the, uh, like it was very near and dear to me the way he was teaching, so that helped me a lot. And uh, uh, at that point, I uh, I liked the way he would uh, hold himself in the class. I liked the way he would do whatever acrobatics and moves and and and. Uh, 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 the you know forms whatever else, uh, and I would basically try to uh, uh, become like him, but uh, limit myself to just the martial arts context. So in that sense, it wasn't complete DTI. It was just very uh, specific, partial kind of. Okay, I want to be a martial artist, uh, almost exactly like this guy, but. Nothing else out of this guy, right? And uh, the the way I was 
approaching this. Um, so obviously, uh, the way he was teaching most of the time was a skill level. So whatever we described in the previous podcast, all of that applied at the same time. But on top of that, what I was also observing is uh, how he would hold himself, uh, what kind of movements he did, even if the, even though he probably did it totally unconsciously, he didn't even know he was doing it most likely. Uh, or maybe he wasn't talking about it at all, trying to, I don't know, hide or, you know, we're not at that level yet, but he was doing it nonetheless. And I was trying to observe that. I was trying to observe the movements, the stance, the... Um, the way he talked, the way he held himself. Uh, and uh, when I had a chance, I would try to uh, mimic that as much as I could in that context uh, and uh, observe what happens to me at that point. So when I hold myself in the same posture uh, or with the same manner, uh what does it do to uh, to my state of being? Like, what does it do to my uh, way of thinking? How do I sense myself around people? So those kind of things, right? So I uh, I almost was watching for uh, a slight shift in uh, in the way I perceive myself, which is identity level, uh, and uh, how would I need to change? So, so that that way I was. Uh, gorging, you know, which way I would need to shift my sense of self so that I can uh, have that level of skills. I don't know if that makes sense, what I'm saying. Hopefully it does, right? But it's, uh, I'm trying to find words for that, which, well, by definition, is very hard to describe in words. <laughs> may, I, may I add something here? Yes. Because I've seen how you... Yes, definitely. model. Definitely, right? uh, you're almost like a super observer. You you're almost like a scientist looking at a lab rat. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to insult him. You it's almost like you're looking at a lab rat and you take detailed notes and sequence it up, mm-hmm. and then you try that on. Once you've seen the result, mm-hmm. you first wait. Uh, you kind of make sure that it's safe. You see the result, and once you see the result, mm-hmm. only at that period you try out that sequence. Mm-hmm. You try that sequence on a few times, and then you tweak it to adapt to who you are. That's that's the process I've seen you mm-hmm. follow when you're doing things. Right, right, right. Sound familiar? Yes, that's very much like it. Yeah, yeah. observe. Uh, it, it, it's 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 almost like this this process of uh, uh, an order loop. Uh, well, whatever I, I don't know, I don't remember that. But the, the the process of the in, intelligence levels that we talked about absorb, integrate, and transmit. Ab- yes, absorb, integrate, transmit. Uh, taken at the level of identity, right? So absorb what you see from the outside, take it on, right, and uh, you know process it in whatever way, make it yours, and uh, see what you transmit. Does it match, right? So for me. That that process was specialized to that modeling, okay. right? So transmit, see if that matches. If it doesn't, what's the difference? Yeah. Right? And repeat again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's a good definition of modeling a person. Absorb, absorb them, integrate them, and transmit them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 anyway, let's, let's not go there. Let's not go there. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man. 
but but okay, that's what you, but that's what you're doing actually that's what you do in dti you observe them you integrate them and you're transmitting that news right? essentially what's happening but anyway with that uh, arman uh, moving on to you yeah let me talk about my experiences with modeling a person and i'll take in um, a different area that i've done quite a bit of things in um, and I suspect this is quite common among people. Uh, I've modeled uh, fictional characters, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. my imaginary friends. <laughs> no, wonder, no wonder I keep thinking he's fictional. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah, no wonder I look cartoonish sometimes. Huh? Especially in the uh, so, so uh, I'm sure that every so often you read a book or watch a movie, right, and you're struck by, by a character. Uh, they do something really awesome about them, and, and 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 you wish you were like them, or more like them, or you had, or you tried that life of theirs. Just fascinating to you. All right, Prince of Amber, come back here, explain it. <laughs> <laughs> so this happens to me. Uh, you know, it happened a number of times. It continues to happen every so often. Uh, and I, uh, when this happens, I model that that character. Now, this is a little different and, little, and somewhat more difficult than modeling person because you actually only have enough, as much information as, in, as is captured in that story and in the description of that character, right? And the rest, you, you have to fill in the gaps. Right? With a real human, you can go watch them more and fill in the gaps from the example. Here, you have to make them up. Uh, which, in a way, gives you some advantage because you fill them up with your idea of what, of what you wanted to be in their situation. Kind of like a borrowed genius technique somewhat. Uh, so, what I go through in my mind when I when I model uh, these these fictional characters is uh, I put myself in the same situations uh, that they go through in their stories, uh, kind of like daydreaming, you know. But but I imagine myself going through that and uh, having their responses. Right, having their beliefs, having their uh, uh, body patterns, if those are described. And then um, I kind of carry through that experience from what is immediately described into then whatever unfolds. And then unfolds is my own uh, uh, imagination of it. And I've noticed that if I do this enough times and in, in enough different contexts, then the model of this of this character solidifies, and I am able to uh, take of their being. You know, uh, this kind of the integration starts starts happening. With some characters, it's easier. It's especially easy with when when there is enough information there. Like say, if it's a uh, TV series that, that has like I don't know fifty episodes, right? Say Sherlock Holmes, right? Huh? Say Sherlock Holmes. 
Sherlock yeah, Holmes, say Sherlock Holmes, uh, right? Yeah, right. Books, then, then there's shows. plenty of information, right? Yeah. Plenty of it. Uh, versus if if this is like a short story by Hemingway, right? And then there's just a few pages long. I have uh, noticed and tracked uh, other people noticing uh, marked differences in myself when I when I when I enter these personalities and then when I step back from them into myself. And it's kind of fun. It's like, you know, expands your range of, of being in a way. In some ways, maybe the stories, uh, uh, you know, have that purpose. In, a good story to, should pull you in anyway. Yeah. Like you, yeah. when, when you uh, identify with the lead character in the story, that's what you do basically, right? That's what good story does to you. Right, that happens unconsciously. Um, mm-hmm. But if I just say, if I watch a good movie, I'm still watching it as an observer. You know, mm-hmm. there's a there's a difference. Uh, when I do this modeling, I step into the shoes and I am the the character in that movie. It's it's kind of like deep trans identification with that character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am the one living their their plot. I'm not watching it. It's yeah. a lot stronger when you live in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I've seen you do it. Uh, I think one extreme example that okay. comes to mind uh, was during uh, our working with Paul Rebello. Hmm. When we were doing the Hall of Mirrors exercise. Mm. Mm-hmm. You guys don't remember? I do. Mm-hmm. So there was a marked, there was a marked difference in um, your... Uh, personality and how you were accessing things and information and what was fascinating is that both pieces were there what i mean by both pieces is that you existed and so did that character and i couldn't tell when that character was speaking and when you were speaking right i mean there was like but those both pieces there were there was a difference like you're generally very soft with your friends like you're very uh soft is that the right word but you know what i mean there's there's a tenderness right and uh but when that character would step in that would not be present at all in fact you were very uh uh argumentative if i may or almost hostile Mm -hmm. to, to a certain extent so i've seen you go through that you know and uh but the interesting thing is that I think what's interesting is, uh, if I may make this observation, in DTI, pure DTI, only that that other person exists, mm-hmm. right? In what you would, in what you're doing, is that both exist, and it's kind of like freaking bipolar, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, it feels funny. I'm being, I mean, I'm trying to get a point across, just using humor. And in uh, Sergey's point, it's always Sergey existing, and he's looking at a labyrinth. Right? Yeah. It's, in that sense, there is a continuum, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. Um, they want to say anything else about modeling a person? Yeah. Uh, here, I would uh, point you in the direction of two people. Right. Uh, look at Stephen Gilligan's modeling of uh, uh, Milton Erickson, if you want to truly understand the DDI process. And second, Robert Dilt's work on strategies of genius. Uh, if you want to be 
if you really want to learn modeling and take you a while, <laughs> that's the man to go <laughs> study and strategies of genius. I would recommend all three books because he talks about all these three skill sets at a certain level. Uh, he's modeling even fictional characters like Sherlock Holmes and uh, uh, geniuses who have died, such as Nikola Tesla to geniuses who are alive. Yeah, actually, a lot of the yeah, he's done a lot of modeling based on biographies. So this is fictional as well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I want to add one thing uh, that your modeling only is only as good as the person you're modeling. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's mm-hmm. a, yeah. It's a given, right? <laughs> yeah. So. All right, guys. With well, that in mind. Good night and good luck. Have a wonderful day. And may you be happy. The copyright of this recording is owned by the Radical Change Group and the individual contributors. Permission to copy and distribute freely is granted, provided that the entire recording on this notice remain intact. Please visit us at www.radicalchangegroup.com. Your comments and feedback will be greatly appreciated.